Good worship indeed. All right, you may be seated. Unless y'all just want to sing. <laughs> Amen. It's good to see some new faces. Good to see some old faces. <laughs> Amen. Good to see the youth, as always, because they are our future. All right. Amen. In the absence, of course, of my husband in Nigeria, which I so dearly miss, <laughs> um, I come to bring you a word today. And actually, this is the beginning of the series of Inherited Sight. Inherited Sight. And the thing about this series is this, that there's a pretty much a lot of foolishness going on as far as when we talk about giftings or we talk about callings or we talk about anything concerning really the word of God. But um, one thing that has been going pretty much around for a long period of time, but I do see the shift of it kind of transitioning out, is that the gifts are not just for a selected few people. Is that we all have the ability to operate in the gifts of the spirit because it comes from the same spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. So our point here today with the teaching is it's going to be a foundational teaching for um, your birthright, what I call your birthright, which is your inherited site. So without further ado, I'm going to pray and we're going to get started. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, that I ask you, Lord God, to allow you, Father, that your spirit may rest upon me, Father, as I teach, Father, your word. We thank you right now, Father, that even as I speak, Father, I thank you, Father, that, Father, your truth will begin to enlighten the hearts of your people, Father, and that skills will begin to fall from their eyes. I thank you, Father, right now, Lord God, hallelujah, that I'm led, Father, by your spirit, and that you will continue, Father, to do a great work in this ministry, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So before I start, let me um, just say this because it's kind of heavy on me. Is I was um, talking to my husband this morning, um, Apostle Hardy, and he was sharing with me. I said, you know, kind of how is it over there? You know, what does it look like and everything in Nigeria? And he said, you know what, to be honest with you, it's the most humbling experience ever. He said, because they don't have the things that we have here in America. It's extremely humbling, but it also puts your, it almost like it, it, it structures your sight as far as your priorities is concerned. Um, and I was like, well, what do you mean? So I can get a, a clear vision of what he was talking about. And so he was like, for instance, like um, the things that are important to them um, are, are not important to us and vice versa. And he was saying just, you know, for instance, like they, where he is, which is uh, Lagos, Nigeria, he was saying that, um, you know, they don't have a mall. They don't have many stores. He said they might have passed one gas station. <laughs> and he was like, the last time, he was like, and then the last time that I ate, it was on the plane. And he was like, there's just nothing within distance to go get it. Like there's nothing like immediate just to go get it. Like you have to go out to get something and he was saying just even the streets are just different 
<laughs> it's like they don't have any stop signs, no red lights. It's just it's kind of chaotic when they drive because, like, you can have a bicycle just coming straight in your direction. And it's it's like it's almost a head-on collision. <laughs> and they just go right around you. Because there, there's nothing governing the, 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 you know, how they drive and the rules of the road. There's nothing out there like that. And so uh, he was like, but it's humbling. It's a very, very, very humbling experience. And um, I said, so, you know, he's already learning some stuff there. And he's just, that's day one. <laughs> and he said, you know, but when the beauty of being there, he says, is that nothing else matters but God. Nothing else matters. And so those things don't matter to them. What matters to them is God, his presence, his will, um, just doing what his word. And so it just got me to thinking, and that's why it's kind of heavy on me today, um, that I just began to think, like, you know, when is it ever going to be that getting kind of choked up? When is it ever going to be that he, he, he's enough? When he is, when is he enough? Um, and it brought me to this. Not even in my message. It's just being led by the spirit. <laughs> it um, brought me to you know the passage of scripture when he talks to the woman at the well, and you know she's off, of course going by natural sight and talking about you know her father's and the well and all that other stuff. And and <laughs> Jesus is like, no, that's not what I'm talking about. He's talking about him, the thirsting for him that, you know, that you would never thirst anymore. And then he, when he brought that to me, it's just like, and it just kept resonating in my spirit. Like, when is he going to be enough? All of the counterfeit things that we put our affections into, you know, the cars and, and, and the houses and the clothing and the food. And if are those things important? Yes, those things are important because, you know, you got to you got to live and you got to be in the society and you got to feed your children. But there is a such thing as priority. What is a priority to you? What has real meaning to you? What do you stand up for? What do you fight for? And so these are the things that kind of was just hitting my heart as he was um, speaking because we do got to get to that place where he is enough. Those and, and it's one of those things of seeking first the kingdom, his righteousness, and then it's like I don't worry about those things. Those things are just added to me. All those other things, the food, the clothes, the water, the shelter, all of that stuff is added to me. But my priority is do what the Father has called me to do because I didn't make myself. I didn't make myself every blessing that that the father has gave to me whether it was you know protecting me from a car accident to helping me pay my bills or putting food on the table nothing at all have I did of my own it's been given to me because when I go out I'm not taking nothing with me and so it's one of those things that we have to start having priority what is a priority your family should be a priority your health should be a priority because you have a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. That's what is a priority to you because whatever is a priority to you, just like he says, where your heart, where your heart is, that's where your treasure going to be. So I had to get that out. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I had to get it out. And I do have a few um, prophetic words, but I'll save them towards the end because I want to do something new um, towards the end. Um, what I wanted to do, but after speaking with my husband, Apostle, I'm going to wait until the last lesson of this series to do it. But this particular lesson, I, what I wanted to do at the end was I was going to um, do an impartation service um, through the laying on of hands in order for people to receive their sight. And I'm not talking about natural sight, I'm talking about spiritual sight, <laughs> for people to receive their sight. But um, with him being gone, and also I felt also in the spirit as he was talking to me that um, it's not quite uh, ready for that yet. Um, I'm going to do it towards the end. So I'm allowed the teaching to minister to you. Um, and to be honest with you, I think I was talking to uh, Pastor Kirby about this, is that I believe that as I believe, continue to minister to you on this particular topic, is that you already will become activated. And just like with the dream series that I did, because when I started teaching the dream series, everybody was like, oh, my God, all these dreams start coming through, and this, 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 and that, pretty much activating um the father's ability to speak to them. So I allow the word to do what it do. Then towards the end of the let the series, those that are struggling to actually see, we'll do an um, impartation service for them. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's get started. Now, the very first thing that I want to kind of put out there is that, like I said before, every, 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 did I say every? <laughs> All right. Every believer, every believer has the ability to see in the spirit. Every single one of you have the ability to see in the spirit. And to be honest with you, some of you are already seeing, but you just don't understand what you're seeing. So that's the first thing I want to put out there. Now, this is no different than for instance, um, like the Bible says that he gives you the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit gives you the utterance in order to speak in tongues. Which means that if the Spirit is giving you the utterance in order to speak in tongues, that means you can speak in tongues on demand. You can speak in tongues on command because of the Spirit. So remember, same Spirit, just like Paul said. It's the same Spirit, same giftings, <laughs> in the same Spirit. So moving on. The ability to see or being, you know, as some people coined the phrase of a seer, okay? So the ability to see includes things like dreams, visions, trances, seeing angels, seeing beings, demons, seeing words, colors, whatever the case may be. So it's, it's all inclusive under the umbrella of the prophetic there is no actually there's no no thing you know there's no thing of an office of a seer it's actually the operating in the office of a prophet but it's like a specialty just like if we had doctors and they operated in special things like you got your orthopedic doctor you got your foot doctor the heart doctor so it's, it's just like that it falls under the umbrella of the prophetic amen so because of that, we have three levels, and, and I guess my experience that I can share with you, we have three levels of sight 
that literally mirrors the prophetic ministry when we're talking about seeing. So, number one, just like the prophetic, we just have those that have the gift to see. Okay, now these are people that they may see something um, every now and then, um, and it's just it's not consistent, but every now and then the Father will open their eyes to see something. Okay, that's the gifting. The second thing are those that actually operate in the prophetic culture by the exercising of their gifts that they become really specialists at what they do, but they don't operate in the office. Okay, so we have those, and they pretty much see a whole bunch of things. Then we have those that actually operate as a office of the prophet, but they are a seer, which means that they equip the body and they help them to see as well. And they teach them how to do it. Okay, so I am convinced, and then you have to be convinced too, because without faith, it's not going to work. You got to know that. So I am convinced And, of course, the Father is convinced he wants to see you actually see. But you have to be convinced of that, okay? Because if there's any doubt, if there's any unbelief, it will not work, all right? So, many times when people see in the Spirit, it's it's something that's unexplainable, but I will try to explain it the best way that I possibly can. Because when we're talking about things of the spirit, there are really no human words that can explain it. So, But we try to take human words to explain spiritual things, but it's extremely hard. So when we talk about seeing in the spirit, a lot of times um, you'll hear the word um, impression. It's like I see an impression, and a lot of people say, well, what does an impression look like? It almost looks like a mold of something, and, and it's, it's, it's a shadow. You don't see the details of what you're looking at. It's just like the Bible says that, for instance, when it says that, you know, we see in a glass dimly, and it's just like that. It's like being in a car, and, and the, the vision, um, the front part of the, the, of the car of the glass, it's like you can see through it just a little bit, you know, when it's fog. You can see through it just a little bit. You can see like a shadow of something. You know what it is because you're familiar with the shape. And that's pretty much how it looks a lot of times when you do see in the spirit. You don't see the details. You know it's there, but you know what it is, though, because you're familiar with it. So, in this particular time, um, you find yourself in this generation, the father most definitely is activating a prophetic people in order for them to rise up. And we have to know that, okay? Because it's one of those things that in the last days, in these last days, these last season, these, these years to come, he is going to need people that have prophetic insight, okay? So he's going to need people that has the ability to see that has prophetic insight, that operating in their giftings, but also operating in, in, in character as well because we don't want to operate in the giftings and our character is tore up. <laughs> we need both. <laughs> Amen. Because it helps people to receive you better. Now, is your word true what you're saying? You know, of course, because what the Bible says, the gifts and calling come without repentance, which means that you don't have to be this perfect person in order for your gift to work. But 
We do want people to receive for what you have to say. And if your character is tainting you, then people are more, they turn into skeptics. Or like, okay, are you really hearing from God? Because I just heard you cuss that lady out two minutes ago. Because why? Your gifts got to work for you first. <laughs> they work for you. So if the spirit can't tell you to shut up <laughs> and be quiet, then I'm pretty sure it ain't telling you to give a prophetic word to sister so-and-so. <laughs> so we do got to watch our character. So the reason why the father is wanting a prophetic people to rise up with his character and, and to push his agenda is so that the one that can see can go tell the one that can hear. And then the one that can hear can go tell the one that it can, can discern. And the one that operates in discernment can go talk to the one that works miracles. And so when we do that, <laughs> We operate collectively as a unit, as a body. And that's why he says we need all parts of the body. We need all parts functioning. If one part is not functioning, it says the whole body is off. It's off. So we need to, to, to operate together. We need to grow together, operate together, love together. We're we going we to have some, them, some fights together, <laughs> some some darn right, just knock down, blow out fights. But guess what? We still on the same mission. We still got to accomplish the same mission. So having the gift, like I say, to see it's not about you. Okay. That's the next most important thing. Having the gift is not about you. If you're trying to make a name for yourself, he not going to open your eyes too many times. If you're trying to, to, to edify yourself, uplift yourself, make yourself more than what you are, it's not going to work. The gift is not for you, but it works on you first. Okay? So it's one of those things that you, this is just like what the Bible says, is that you can't see a moat in your brother's eye if you got one in yours first. Okay? We're going to use the, the seer gift to see the, the, the darkness that lies within your heart first. <laughs> we're going to use the seer gift in order to see the things that I need to change first. And then you begin to help other people. And to be honest with you, that's one of the things that actually helps really to sharpen your gift. And a lot of people, um, they ask me as, you know, one operating in the office of a prophet, they say, you know, well, how did, you know, you, you, you know, because with prophecy is also about accuracy too, you know, and it's how do you get your gift um, to keep it sharp? Well, number one, I work on me a lot <laughs> because, you know, you don't want your lenses to be tainted because if, if, if I, don't, if, for instance, if I'm having, even just in natural things, if I'm having low self-esteem problems or I'm having um, um, issues with, you know, um, every time um, I'm, I'm in front of a woman that I'm, I'm thinking that that woman want my husband and all these other things, if I'm having those type of issues, it's hard for your gift to sharpen because it's about people. The father don't care that, that she got a little tight miniskirt on. He said to go talk to her. <laughs> You know, he don't care if she's thicker than you. He said he needs you to go talk to her. So that's why I say you got to be anchored in yourself. You got to know who you are. 
And also you got to know what the mission is. The mission is not for me to, to pin myself against somebody else or pin myself against, you know, my family members. But the thing is, is that we got work to do. We got work to do. We can't allow the, the small foxes to destroy the work of the kingdom. So we're going to do this little exercise. Now we're going to do this exercise just so you guys can see naturally how this thing works. Okay. Now remember, you probably don't because some of you guys <laughs> know me on the prayer call, but you're going to remember because I'm telling you right now. <laughs> so how the father speaks to me a lot, he give me natural stuff, then he'll give me spiritual stuff to give me an understanding of how things work. So the reason why we're getting ready to do this exercise is because I want you to understand how these things work spiritually. We're going to do it naturally so you can get a spiritual understanding because a lot of times people don't understand things because there's nothing to connect it to that they can say, you know, how people say, you know, oh, oh, I get it now. That means they got a connection. They understand what you're talking about. They made a connection in their mind with what you were saying, and then understanding came. And doing when understanding comes, wisdom comes, because now you can apply what you learn, and that's what wisdom is. So we need wisdom in this situation before we operate in it, correct? All right. So I want to show you um, a series of pictures. Okay, and what I'm going to do through showing you a, a series of pictures, I'm going to show you that you're just naturally speaking, not even spiritually, but if you can naturally do it, you know you can spiritually do it. I'm going to show you a pictures of optical illusions. Okay, now optical illusions are pictures that have different pictures inside of a picture, but it requires your eyes to adjust in order to see something else is in the picture now in psychology class we did this a lot and they they had us do this because they was trying to teach us that things are not as though they appear to be and that you know through you know counseling people and seeing people and just through the stuff the intake and information that we take in like it's it's not a good idea to draw a conclusion from something without with, without all the information that's why, like, for instance, when me and an apostle, um, or I just do marital counseling by myself, or when we do it together, um, even if we just have one spouse in the session, the rule of thumb that I take, I say, okay, that was just one side of the story. Because there's a whole other side to this. <laughs> because sometimes when people come in, it's like, girl, and he did this, and then he did that, and I can't believe he coming home at 1 o'clock in the morning, and, and I don't, this is this and that. And I'm like, oh, that's bad. He not doing this, he not doing that, he not helping with the kids, and this, this, and that. But part of me is like, oh, that's one side of the flip, that's only one side of the coin. Do not come to a conclusion <laughs> by just what one person said. Then the husband joins the session. <laughs> Then he begins to say, well, this was because, you know, she cut off the intimacy. And then, you know, she talk, we were talking about getting married, and she's the only person I'm supposed to have an intimate intimacy with. And she cut that off. What am I supposed to do? The feeling don't ever go away. And then so I started going out and doing this and doing that, and I was spending up time with my family. So there's a domino effect that takes place, but it's never just one-sided, ever. So... That's the reason why I'm doing this. This is one side, but one side is going to help you understand the other side. So naturally speaking, this is the first, the first picture. 
We call this one, of course, the old woman, young woman. Now, raise your hand if you see the young woman in the picture. The young woman. All right. All right, raise your hand if you see the old woman. Now, it takes a little time to adjust. Let your lenses adjust. Uh-uh. It don't matter what you saw first. Just make sure you can, you're able to see both. <laughs> Are you able to see? Who was able to see both? Okay, who's still struggling a little bit? <laughs> okay, we got a lot of people. So who's struggling more with the, the old, seeing the old? Oh, wow. That's a lot. And who's still struggling with the young? Just okay. Okay, so... Do we have a, a red? Okay, so now the, the part where you, the, the young woman has like a, look like a little choker on, okay? That part right there for people who's struggling, that's actually the mouth of the old woman. Did that help you? Okay, it's like she's almost like got her chin down like this. You see it now? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> you still struggling? Okay. Le All right, let's go to picture number. Let's go to it's okay. Let's go to picture number 2. Now this one is maybe a little bit more difficult. So we have like a general. Who sees the general? Okay. And who sees um, the woman holding the baby with, she's kind of talking with some, uh, like a dude with a sombrero on. Yes. <laughs> now who sees both? Okay. And who's still struggling? You <laughs> see, the second one is the woman. She's kind of holding a baby. She got this long dress on. Yep, and, and she has a, like a strap over herself, and, and the baby's in it. Right over here, she has like ruffles on her dress. You see it? Okay. And then you see the dude with the sombrero and his beard is like really long. Right. Now, now keep in mind, this is training. So see how your eyes got to adjust to certain things. Now, you ready for picture three? <laughs> All right. Picture three. <laughs> All right. There's an old woman and there's an old man. Who see the old woman and the old man? Okay, and then who sees the, the the girl with the thing on her head? Okay, and the dude with the the yes strumming. Okay, that was a little bit easier. <laughs> okay, so now you see how this thing works. When we talking about that's how it works naturally, but that's exactly how it works spiritually too. Okay, so now in order to understand. Your birthright, which is sight, the ability to see in the spirit, 
we have to look at where it took place at first. Okay, remember, this is the foundational teaching of your site. Now, we're going to go to Genesis 3, 1 through 7. And I actually call this, since it's the beginning, it's the problem. This is the problem, okay? Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now, keep in mind, this is the problem. And it says, the serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman, do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, not at all. We can eat from the trees in the garden. It's only about the tree in the middle of the garden that God said, don't eat from it. Don't even touch it or you'll die. The serpent told the woman, you won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you'll see what's really going on. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, raging all the way from good to evil. And when the woman saw that the tree looked like, looked, looked good, looked like good eating and realized that she would get out of it, she knew she'd know everything. She took and ate the fruit and then gave some to her husband and he ate. Verse seven is where we're coming from. And immediately the two of them did see what's really going on, saw themselves naked. They sold fig leaves together and makeshift clothes for themselves. Now, the thing about this passage of scripture, a couple things, is that, number one, they did not need to know the knowledge of good and evil. That was the first deception. They didn't did not need to have knowledge of good and evil. They only had knowledge of good, and that's all they needed. They did not need knowledge of evil. First thing. So, in other words, I said that because it translates over to God being our father. Which means that what he did, it was clever, just like they said. To have knowledge of good and evil would put them in the same state. I'm going to slow down so you guys can get this. It would put them in the same state that Satan was in before he fell like lightning from heaven. Verse 5 said, you will be like gods. Now remember, before he fell, what did he say? He said, I will be like God. I would ascend myself above his throne. He said that before he got kicked out. So he used the same tactic for them by telling him, you'll be like gods. But they didn't know who they were because they were already gods. But what he was trying to do was remove the voice of the father because that's the only voice that they knew. And give them an option of good and evil so that now they'll be able to hear his voice. He's always trying to do something counterfeit. That just like the, uh, the father has a throne, he wanted a throne. The father have kids, now he want kids. And so that was his way, actually, of gaining access to his own children. By removing the only voice that they knew, which was their father's. Then, verse 7 says, and the eyes of both of them was open. Now, the Hebrew word for open. It's Paki, that's P-A-Q-A-H. I don't have it up there for those that's listening as well. P 
Paki, P-A-Q-A-H. This is the Hebrew word for open. Now, the crazy part about this, the Bible says that their eyes was open. After they ate it, their eyes was open. Now, what does that mean? Paki, open, means to open the eyes, to open the ears, and to open all of the senses. So that is literally what happened. Their spiritual eyes closed. Natural eyes came open. All of the senses for them to operate in the natural realm activated and it kicked on. And then also the voice of a stranger entered in. So that's the reason why that's the problem. Now, the next scripture I'm going to go to is 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. And with this scripture is what I call the result. This is the result of the problem of what happened. The result. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So because of their eyes closing spiritually and opening naturally, it allowed Satan to come in and blind the eyes of unbelievers. And that's why a lot of times when you, it's like you talk in another language. Sometimes to your family members where you where you talking about just different topics in the Bible. And it's like it's going in one ear and out the other. It's like it's, it's here, it's there, it's like everywhere. It's like, okay, whatever. You, you know, you can be called a Jesus freak and all that other kind of stuff. But it's just because the fact that their eyes, just like you say, Satan, which is the God of this world, has blinded their minds. They can't even see the light of what you're talking about. They can't even see the truth in what you speak. Amen. So, because of the problem and the result, we will get to the to the solution of it. But I got to give you an example. Amen. We're going to go to Acts 9, verse 17 through 19. And I'm pretty sure, and I'll have to kind of go over the whole thing. That's why I started at verse 17 through 19, the whole thing where, you know, Saul was persecuting the church. <laughs> And getting letters in order to persecute the church and to kill Christians. And how the father pretty much was like, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough of that. <laughs> and so pretty much he, he on um, the road of Damascus, the father blinds Saul naturally. And so that's where we are. So it says, so Ananias went, Ananias meaning a prophet. If the father had spoke to Ananias and say, hey, go here, find Saul. I want you to lay your hands on him so he could receive his sight and receive the Holy Spirit. And of course, of course, Ananias was like, I'm not finna, no. Do you know this dude? <laughs> this dude got letters. He got power. He got authority. And you want me to go lay my hands on him for real? I'm, I'm pretty sure he was like, why can't you go? Why can't you send somebody else? <laughs> why you got to send me? And so, you know, the father assured him, look, this is okay. I, I've called him to do a great work. But he said, brother Saul, the master sent me 
The same Jesus you saw on the way here, he sent me so you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. No sooner were the words out of his mouth that something like scales. Now, remember what I said back, I said back in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. The, one of the reasons why people cannot see, I said, the God of this age has blinded their minds to see the truth and the light of the gospel. He said, so basically, no sooner were the words out of his mouth that something like scales fell from Saul's eyes that he could see again. He got to his feet, was baptized, and sat down with them with a, to eat a hearty meal. Now, the father gave Saul, this is kind of crazy. So I'm going to slow it down. It's just one of those things that your mind go like, what? We'll slow it down. So literally what happened is that the father was like, look, since you can't see naturally anyways, I'm going to give you the state that you're already in spiritually, which is blindness. So that's why he made him blind. He's like, you already blind. You can't even see. You're killing Christians. You're already in a blind state spiritually because you can't see what you're doing. So I'm going to give you what you already are. And so that's the reason why he blinded them. But the crazy part about it is that when he literally shut his eyes, literally his spiritual eyes opened. And it was almost, not almost, really, that's what happened. It was, it, what he did was that he activated his sight by making him blind naturally. And that's how his sight got activated, not only by the laying on of hands, but let's see, verse, I believe 18, where it says that he sent, he sent him to lay hands on him and to be filled with the spirit. Now keep that in mind because we're going to go back to that, the feel by the spirit part. And that's how things usually happen in the spirit. He gave him the state that he was already in. So that's why a lot of times the Bible said that you will prosper as your soul prosper. Now, does that make any sense at all? Absolutely not. How can I prosper as my soul prosper? Why can't I just prosper just by myself? Because to the state that your soul is in. So, for instance, if you're feeling sick. Fill yourself with all the word that you can get on healing because you're literally your soul is taking that word in. And as your soul takes it in, you get the state that your soul is already in, which is healing because you're, you're literally, it's like pouring water in a jug. You're pouring healing into yourself, which is the word. And because you pour that into yourself, you get that natural healing in your body. Now, let's go to the solution. Now, when I teach something, I, well, I'm a, I guess I'm a teacher by nation, uh, by, by, uh, natu- naturally a teacher. I think apostle is wearing off on me. <laughs> I think he is. But anytime that I teach you guys anything, I will never say do something and don't teach you how to do it. Okay, because I think also it's time out for that too. We telling people to do this and do that and do that, and they going home like I don't I don't even know what that is. They said to do it, okay, but how do I do it? They told me to pray, but how do I pray? They told me to fast, but how do I fast? They told me to love, but how do I do that? Nobody ever loved me, so it's really kind of time out for saying stuff and not telling people literally how to do it. 
like your own well we do have some employers that do that hopefully they're not doing that but we got i mean your own employer shouldn't even do that they're gonna hire you and don't train you like who does that anyways don't want to go on a rant the solution let's see the solution and we're gonna come from john 3 1 through 3 and we're also come from another scripture, but we're going to go through John 3, 1 through 3 first. Now, it says there was a man named Nicodemus. We know the story. A Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, he said, unless you are what? You cannot what? Let's say it again. Unless you are what? You cannot what? So you can't even see correctly if you're not born again. Now, for those in here that are not born again and you are desiring to see, you need to become born again first because you can't even see correctly. You can't even see correctly. And I'm not even talking about just for spiritual things. You can't even see your own self correctly if you're not born again. You can't see what God's trying to do with you, with your family, with your children. If you're not born again, you can't even see correctly. Because the kingdom is is not, like he said, it's not bread and it's not over there, over there. We can't even point to where it is. So you gotta be you gotta make sure that. You are born again. So we're talking about the solution. If you want to see the second thing, Luke 4 and 18. Now, Luke 4 and 18, of course, the background of this, we have Jesus preaching in the synagogue, reading the scroll about himself. And it says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's talking about himself. He's literally reading about himself. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see and that the oppressed will be set free. So part of the reason the spirit was upon him was to do what? To recover the sight of the blind. And that's another reason why the spirit is upon you. Now, the spirit was upon him to do this work, and the spirit is upon you to do the same work. You are also sent to recover sight to the blind. That's another reason why we're doing this today. Your sight needs to be recovered, recovered, meaning you need to get it back. You had it. It was lost through Adam, and it's time for you to get your sight back. Amen. So the purpose of this series is to, of course, activate your sight if you have not already got the picture of that. And if you have not already got the picture of this, is that it's going to require some work from you just like anything else, but it's for a purpose. It's not something that we just do like, you know, we just do stuff in the world sometimes and they don't carry no purpose at all. But this is for a purpose. So Let's go through, I think I have a slide for this. What are the biggest obstacles preventing people from seeing in the spirit? Because you also got to know what's preventing you from seeing. 
the biggest obstacles from, from preventing people from seeing in the spirit, number one, wrong teaching or doctrine or just not teaching at all. And what this does, it prevents any type of activation from taking place. Because the Bible says what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So every time, um, depending on the per whoever's it, you know, whatever role that that person is playing, whether it's the apostle, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, whomever, the prophet, anytime a person is speaking, that's why I say we have to become, get more spiritual minded. Anytime a person is speaking, that's a little, that's a literal substance when a person speaks because the, the, the voice and the words in which a person speaks, especially the Bible, it carries life to it. And anytime a person speaks life, they speak it into you. Okay? It's active. It's alive. And that's why the enemy a lot of times tries to come after you have heard the word. It comes to try to steal the word because it's active. As soon as it hits your heart and hits your mind, you begin to act upon it because it activates something in you. But if he steals it before it activates, then you're lying dormant. So wrong teaching or no teaching at all prevents activation. And if we're not activated, then how are we using any weapons? Because it says the weapons of our warfare. You can't even warfare correctly if you don't have your weapons and they're not activated. Part of your weapons is your giftings. Part of your weapons comes from your calling. Part of your weapons comes from your purpose. Part of your weapons is prayer. Part of your weapons is the word. So, number two, doubt and unbelief. Doubt and unbelief prevents you from literally walking in the gift okay wrong teaching or no teaching prevents activation from taking place and then doubt and unbelief prevents you from walking literally in the gift so if you you have it like i told you it's an inherited birthright but if you don't believe you can't walk in it but it's just sitting there it's lying dormant number three fear what fear does, it shuts the gift down because you're afraid to use it. You're afraid of what people will say. You're afraid that you, you, you're not doing it correctly. You're afraid you didn't hear correctly. You're afraid of, of sometimes people are afraid of literally what they see in the spirit, and that shuts them down. To be honest with you, probably children suffer from this and youth suffer from this the most. Because remember, gifts and calling come without repentance. So a lot of them have literally the gift to see. And they just seeing stuff. They don't understand what they're seeing. They having nightmares. And it's scary for them. And they asking whoever, to, look, take this away from me. I don't know what this is. But they don't have any understanding behind it. So what it does, it literally shuts the gift down. Because they're afraid. And the last one is that prevents you from seeing in the spirit is your eye gates. The stuff that comes through your eyes, the things that you watch on TV, the things that you watch on social media, that you watch on your phone. These things taint what you see. It taints your ability really to see accurately. 
So the number one reason also why we came here today is for me also to give you some ways in order to cultivate your faith in order to see in the spirit, okay? So we're going to go through six ways to cultivate your faith in order to see in the spirit, okay? Now, the reason why I say cultivate your faith is because you have to build your faith up. Now, I'm not talking to those that already see. They have the gift. I'm talking to those that desire to see in the spirit. So, number one, six ways to cultivate your faith to see in the spirit realm. Number one, pray in the spirit in your heavenly prayer language. Because things a lot of times would not just be dropped on you, okay? To see in the spirit, it cultivates, it's, it's a cultivation of the prophetic. So you literally have to pray in your heavenly prayer language. Jude 1 and uh, 1, 20 through 21 says, But you, beloved, build yourself up on the foundation of your most holy faith. Continually progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher. Pray in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in love with, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life. You have to build yourself up in the Spirit. So if you guys are, whatever you're doing as far as praying, you need to amp it up especially if you're going to see. And if you haven't been praying at all, you need to start. <laughs> okay? You need to start praying in, 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 in tongues in your prayer language, of your heavenly prayer language. And if you don't have your prayer language, you need to get with, with me or, or Private Kina, and we're going to help you with that because it's important. And a lot of times, like I say, it's important for a lot of reasons, but... The most important thing, as I guess we could say for our parents or even if we're married or something, is a lot of times that when you pray, you can literally see stuff attached to your children in the spirit. You're like, dang, they're they not acting themselves today. And they don't even know why they're acting the way they act. But you, if you go pray, you spend some time in tongues, you come back out. I'm telling you, the father, I'm going to give you all an example. And the things, it, it, you, you would never even know is taking place. So a couple of days ago, um, well, I guess I got to go a bit further back. My, mid, um, my middle daughter, Alana, and everybody know Alana. She's she not taking no <laughs> nothing. She's not taking no trash. And um, But I begin to, to pray in regards to her concerning kind of like, She's a, like an emotionless child. She carries emotion, but she don't carry it. <laughs> you can't see it. <laughs> right. And, like, even, it, it's just crazy. Like, even, like, for times that she's gotten in trouble, you know, and, uh, you know, gave her a spanking and stuff, she didn't cry. She don't even cry when you give her a whooping. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> And I'm like, surely, because I'm thinking to myself, look, if Apostle gave me a whooping, like he gave her, I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> and I'm like, she don't, she don't flinch. She don't even cry. And so I'm like, I need to figure out really what's going on with her because this is not normal, especially for a girl. This is not normal. And so I went in prayer, praying in tongues, X, Y, Z, called the kids in there, and... Holy Spirit started speaking. 
She says she that the spirit, I, he literally showed me the spirit of fear on her. I'm like, fear? I would have never guessed in my wildest dreams. Why fear? And the crazy part about it, the Holy Spirit says she's afraid that you, an apostle, are going to die. And that she don't want to emotionally attach herself to you. And so that's why she puts up a barrier. And I'm like, really? So I tested it out. I'm like, is this my imagination? Or is this really God speaking to me and showing me how to minister to her? So call all the kids in there. And I began to tell her that. I said, look, I just began to minister. I said, look, don't be afraid of us to die. I said, we on God's mission. I said, are you afraid for us to die? And that's why you're not showing us the correct love that you should show us because you don't want to, to emotionally attach yourselves to us because it'll hurt too bad. When I tell you, she broke down. She broke down and started crying. And I said, oh, my God, the spirit of fear literally had her heart. And I said, where is this coming from? I said, why are you afraid of death so much? And she began to tell me that one of, and it was crazy because that's when the trans, you got to pay attention when your kids transition. I'm telling you this, sometimes when they transition in their mind and you be like, what's going on with them? They different than they was in elementary school. There's a transition spiritually that happened to them that you have no knowledge of. You got to be in tune with your children. And um, she told me back in elementary school, one of her best friends died. And it was almost like a reality check for her as a young person that, that you don't know when you can die. Young people, it could be babies, it could be old people. And a lot of times you have that, that concept that they, they can live forever. You know, they got all the time in the world to get something done. So it was like a, a checkpoint for her that people die. And you'll never see them again. And that's how the spirit of fear entered in. And so that's why I say it's necessary, I'm telling you. It's necessary because that thing literally, as I was ministering to her, broke off of her. And I told her, no, look, we are living. We're right here in front of you. Love us here. We are alive. We're not going nowhere. And I said, even if we do, you're going to be prepared for that I said but that's not something that you should be worrying about but I just wanted to um you know give that account so not only so you guys can you know pray to see more in the spirit realm but this is for not only just for spiritual things this is for your family this is on your job your boss might be acting crazy this you might see you might see something you might your boss might be doing something and the spirit revealed to you the, the spirit that he operated in. And you're like, oh, okay, that's why he's doing that. So it's not just for spiritual things. It's for, like he said, life and godliness. Your regular life and godly things. Number two, talking about six ways to cultivate your faith to see in the spirit. You need to read accounts of seers in the Bible. You need to read about dreams, people who had dreams and visions and, and like Ezekiel, when he talking about he saw a wheel in a wheel, how is that even possible? In John and in, in Revelation, he was talking about he, he saw a, a, an angel that had all of these wings and it had eyes on the wing. And you begin to think like, 
is this stuff really real? But you have to read these things so that it'll give you an appetite. It give you a hunger for to actually see. And to be honest with you, that's also one of my secrets um, um, as far as just unlocking different things in the Bible. I read stuff in the Bible, and when I come across stuff that I have not experienced, it's not because it's a lie, because the word is true. But when I run across it and I see, I'm like, wow, I haven't experienced that. And so I begin to start going into desire. You know what? I want to experience that, Father. When you talk about joy, God, I haven't, no, I haven't had joy for such a long time. I need to experience that. You said that that's real. You said that that's true. I really want to experience that. So reading accounts of people who had dreams and visions and these different things, it gives you an appetite for it. The next thing is, I'm trying to move on, but the spirit won't let me. So I got to go back. Okay. <laughs> he wanted me to say something. I was like, um, I'm trying to get the people out of here. He's like, nope, you're going to say what I told you. <laughs> going back to the appetite. Okay. Another little nugget. We're talking about appetites and the hunger for something and, and how that actually propels you for stuff and things for manifesting your life. Now, one of the, when me and my husband, like he tells the story, so I don't need to tell it. But when we first came here, we pretty much had almost nothing. Like he was making like 700 and something dollars a month and I hadn't had a job and X, Y, and Z. So what we began to do is that we began to ride through neighborhoods that we could not afford. We just literally rolled through neighborhoods that we cannot afford. We we went in, 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 in different subdivisions and we pretended we lived there and we took pictures and and it was like not we, we hoping that nobody come outside and be like, What y'all doing? <laughs> we did. And and it was like we were um getting an appetite for stuff that that we did not have an appetite for. We was getting a hunger. It's like a, it's like almost like a, like a vision impartation that you do. You look at it, 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 experience, experience, experience it for so long that literally it just, it just, you just pull it out of that spiritual realm. You're literally, you're pulling it out of that realm when you're exposing yourself to it. Go downtown, expose yourself to CEOs, expose yourself to, to different companies, expose yourself to businesses, expose yourself to these things. Because when you expose yourself to it, you have a desire and a hunger for it. And you begin to intercede for it, to pray for it, and it begins to manifest. Number three, you want to ask the Father to open the eyes of your heart. Talking about six ways to cultivate your faith to see in the spirit realm. Ask the Father to open the eyes of your heart. Okay? Your heart has eyes. Not your heart that's beating. They got the blood in it. <laughs> Talking about your spirit. It has eyes. Okay? Now let's read what Paul said to the church. Ephesians 1, 18 through 19. Paul said... Speaking to the church, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, 
and his incomparable great power for us who believe that power is the same as the mighty strength. That's crazy. We're going to go back. Now, he said that he prayed that the eyes of their heart may be enlightened. So let's talk about that first. Your heart needs to be enlightened. Your heart needs to be enlightened because the Bible says it's deceptive. So when you're asking the Father to open the eyes of your heart, you're telling him, remove the deception that's within my heart. Remove the dark places that lies within my heart that's preventing me from seeing the truth of anything. The truth of my children, the truth of my marriage, the truth concerning my business, the truth concerning my destiny, my purpose, the truth concerning why I'm feeling this way and I'm sitting in this room. What's really going on? So you want to pray that he opens the eyes of your heart and to enlighten that deceptive heart. Now, why are we doing it? It says, in order that, number one, you may know the hope to which he has called you. That's the first thing. That's why you're praying that the eyes of your heart be open. That's why you're praying that he will open your eyes literally to see because the first thing you need to know is why he called you to do what you're doing. Why he called what type of identity do you have? We have a real identity crisis with the teens today. A real identity crisis, even with some, a lot of the adults today. He says your eyes need to be enlightened just to see who you are. The second reason why he prayed that their hearts may be enlightened, the second thing, that the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Now, sometimes we read that too quickly. Now, if you read that too quickly, you'll miss what that just said. And a lot of times when we read that, we're thinking, oh, for the glorious riches, the inheritance that he wants to give us. Nope, that's not what it said. That's not what it said. He said the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, which meaning that your eyes... Your heart needs to be enlightened and the eyes of your heart need to be enlightened so that you would know the stuff that's locked up in other people. The inheritance that's locked up in other people. The gifts that's locked up in other people. The the business ideas that's locked up in other people. So you're talking about the inheritance that other people have inside of them. They don't know it's there. It's not being activated, and it's, not, and, and it's locked up, and they're not using it. And then number three, it says, for his imparable great power for us who believe. Your eyes need to be open so that you can see the power that lies within you. There's power that lies within you. There's power when you pray. There's power when you intercede. There's power when you, when you just speak sometimes in the morning to a person, you, you in the grocery store and you're saying, you, you, you walk off saying, I hope you have a blessed day. You think that's just mere words. It's power in what you just said. <laughs> that's just not just a regular word. When you say, I pray that you have a blessed day, that hits the heart of that person. They're like, you know what? I was having a bad day today. And you know, be, I, I often do that when I'm at the store. I do. And I kind of kind of break the ice with them. And, you know, people are very robotic, number one. So you got to know that. They're very robotic. 
And so you go in the store, and, you know, the, cash, the cashier always say, yay, you know, how are you doing? You're doing, you having a nice day? And I'm like, yeah, I'm having a blessed day, having a blessed day. And I always ask them because a lot of times we say how we doing, we never ask them how they doing. <laughs> and so I said, well, how are you doing? And, of course, they're robotic. They'll say, oh, I'm doing okay. I said, and then I break the ice with them. I'll say, are you really doing okay? <laughs> are you saying, are you convincing yourself you're okay, but you're really not okay? And then usually they look at me like, I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) I said I'm okay. (laughs) And I'm serious. And then they be like, no, I'm really not okay. We just got new management, and he just put me on his schedule. And that's why I'm like, oh, okay, you're not okay then. (laughs) I said you need to say, no, I'm not okay. (laughs) But it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. But it's one of those things that, that is why your heart, the, that's why you're going to ask the Father, open the eyes of my heart. Open it so I can see who I am. Open it so I can see what you call me to do. Open it so I can see the stuff that's lying dormant in other people so I can help deliver them and set them free. And also open it so I can see the power that lies within me that I don't even know that I got. So moving forward, number four. Now, like I said, as you can see, this is work. But anytime we're children of God, it's always going to be work because we're always trying to obtain. We're always trying to grow, to get better, lose the old man, lose the way in which we think. Number four, confess that you can see in the spirit. Make confession that you can see in the spirit. Stop saying, well, I can't do that, or I can't see that, or, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, being jealous because you had a friend that can see in the spirit, you can too. He said, that's what Paul said, desire, desire these gifts, have a passion for these gifts, set your heart on actually operating in the gift. So confess that you can see in the spirit. Now, we will do more of this. What I'm getting ready to, I'm about to give you a little example of how this looks like. But we'll do more of this towards the end, like I say, when I do the activation. But confess that you can see in the spirit. Now, this is how it looks. I got a, um, wrote down a little confession. Basically, it'd be like, Abba, we come before you to see. Or I come before you to see. I want to enjoy the splendor of all that you have for me and desire not to be blinded to the truth, Father, and your fullness. Open the eyes of my heart, Father. Give me eyes that can see and ears that can hear your truth and your voice. May us, may I never, Father, be distracted by the lies of the enemies that come to steal, to kill, to destroy, but rather, hallelujah, may I, Father, rely fully on your word as truth. Plant the seeds of your light into my heart, Father, that I may shine brightly in this dark age. Humble me, Father. Let me not grow callous or blinded by lies or jealousy. Do not let me stray away from you, but rather pull me close to you each and every day that you may open up my eyes to truly see. So make confession that you can see, that he is doing it, that you will see. Amen? Amen. Number five, regular fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Okay? Regular fellowship with the Holy Spirit. 
Why am I saying regular? Because it's not every now and then. Okay? It's not, uh, well, I got the last, the last five minutes of the day. I'm a fellowship with the Holy Spirit. No, we're talking about this going to take regular fellowship with the Holy Spirit. This is going to take a first priority kind of thing. Seeking first the kingdom of God. Remember, the Bible says that it is the Spirit that gives the gifts as, slowing it down, he wills. But if you're not having fellowship with the Holy Spirit and you desiring gifts, he's not going to give it to you. <laughs> because you don't even have fellowship with him. It's almost like... um I remember uh, Prophet Kena coming up here talking about um, the the five talents. The I mean the the those that had the talents, and then those that didn't use their talents, it was taken away and given to those that did use the talents. And it's the same concept with this: that those that have regular fellowship and desire the gifts. And our steward in the gifts they already have good, more will be given. Now, the more sensitive you are to the promptings of leading, the more you are positioning yourself like a child to operate in the gifts. And like I say, the father wants to do this for you. You have to know, my father wants me to see. Okay? My father wants me to see the truth behind things. And the last thing, number six, is that you gotta ask, you gotta exercise your ability to see. You gotta exercise your gift. You gotta sharpen your gift. The Bible tells us to what? Exercise our spiritual gifts in order that we may do what? Distinguish good from evil. So how, let me ask you a question. How are you, if you're not exercising your gifts, how are you distinguishing good from evil? How? How can you? You haven't been, been training. You haven't been exercising the gifts. So how in the world are you going to discern good from evil but when there's no activation? You haven't been operating in it. So you don't even know it just looked like a good business deal. <laughs> but is it really? Is it really? Because it's all about what belongs to you. It's not about the amount of the money. <laughs> you don't want a contract that don't have your name on it. <laughs> No matter how much money it is, you want what belongs to you. And so I guess I was supposed to, yeah, I guess I was supposed to go to Hebrews, but I kind of went through that when I was um, explaining that. It says, Hebrews 5 and 14 says, but solid food is for the mature, whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. And they have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. But it also tells you that those that exercise their gift, also solid food belong to them too. So if you, you're wondering why you don't, you're not getting a meal and you're still getting milk, it could be the fact that you're not even exercising your gifts. It says solid food belongs to those who exercise their gifts. Now, I will say this. This is a disclaimer. I'm going to put this out there. This is the disclaimer. Okay, you guys ready? This is the disclaimer. This is important. We have witches, 
warlocks, those that operate in the occult. We got necromancers, those who practice voodoo, palm readers, psychics, soothsayers. Remember that they have the same giftings that a lot of us do. A lot of us, they have the same giftings, gifts and calling come without repentance. But they just using it for the kingdom of darkness instead of for the kingdom of light. Now, the reason why I say that is that they operate just like we do. They see in the spirit too, and probably even the more. But you have to know this. They illegally tap into the spirit realm. They're illegally doing it by using demonic powers, by using familiar spirits. So some people won't believe, so I got to provide proof. (laughs) John 10, 1 through 3. John 10, 1 through 3 says, listen to this eternal truth. Put the sounding board on it. The person who sneaks over the wall to enter into the sheep pen rather than coming through the gate reveals himself as a thief coming to steal. But the true shepherd walks right up to the gate and because the gatekeeper knows who he is, he opens the gate to let him in and the sheep recognize the voice of the true shepherd for he calls his own by name and leads them out for they belong to him (laughs) so the imperishable seed which is christ is the only seed that gives you access to the spirit realm and that is the door or the gate that you enter in through that you'll actually have the ability to see. But like I say, those that practice in the occult, they are illegally tapping into the spirit realm and they're not coming through the door. Like he said, they're entering into the spirit realm by climbing over the wall instead of entering to the gate. But you will know them because the Bible says you will know them by the fruit they bear. Their their speech gives them away. And if you're sensitive enough, you'll know by what spirit they're receiving their information from because the Holy Spirit is the revealer of all truth and he'll tell you. And that's another reason why you have to operate in this ability to see because you have to not only hear But you have to see, think about it from a natural standpoint. Seeing and hearing is the two most important things that a believer needs. Right now, if y'all close your eyes, close your eyes. How much advantage do you have over anything? You can't see. But a lot of us don't, you can open your eyes. A lot of us don't understand that it's like that spiritually. So how just darkness just totally took over and you couldn't see anything. It was hard for you to even judge anything correctly when you close your eyes like that. It's the same way spiritually speaking. 
How can you judge actually good and evil, what belongs to you or what don't belong to you, if you can't see spiritually? It's impossible. Amen. Now I'm going to, I'm going to save that part. Now, the, the thing before um, I end, I'm going to share this with you um, before I end this. When I started studying upon this, um, I already actually, um, the, the Father just uses me just in, in different ways, even when it comes to seeing in the Spirit. Personally, when I see things in the Spirit, um, there's tons of things that people, I think, uh, uh, a whole bunch of other different people in here see differently. For instance, my son, he sees more in visions. He sees things when it comes to open, he has open visions. When I see him, um, I see more in dreams. I have some visions, but not many, but I see more in dreams. And um, I just see certain things in the spirit. Sometimes I see things attached to people. I see apparatuses that might be um, people don't even know. Like um, one person um, we prayed for here, um, it was, oh, what's his name? Prophet Q. Thank you. That day that Prophet Q was here, I literally seen him literally in the spirit. He was literally in a prison. The, the demonic had literally put him in a spiritual prison. And it's crazy because after service, he had talked to me. He was like, man, I had been wondering what was going on with me. It's just like, he's like, these, just all these different things started happening to me. I didn't know what was going on. I literally seen, it was like a, um, like a jail, like something that you put like, um, but it was huge, a cage, like a dog in. And I literally seen that whole thing just wrapped around him in bars. Like literally he was locked up in a spiritual bar. But when I called for the men to pray over him, I saw it was the big giant like um, like old school medieval padlock on it. And I literally saw that padlock break and the door open up. Um, other things that I've seen, I've, um, I see this particularly a lot. I see words a lot. And a lot of times when I see words, I see words inside of people. And a lot of times that's how I minister also in the prophetic because I'll be, I'll be praying or up here and I'll see a word just across somebody, just a whole block of words just going across somebody. And so the father will be telling me like, um, either that's the spirit that's operating in them or they're having a problem loving whatever the word says. He tells me to minister that person concerning that word. Um, other things that I've seen, um, I've seen, um, like black shadows and spirits of depression on people that have to be lifted, um, lifted from them, um, in regards to different things I'll tell them to do in order to break that. And so that's why I say, this is one of those things that it's going to help you evangelize better. It's going to help you to, um, to witness to people better, to, 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 um, you know, see what's going on with your kids better. It's going to help you deal with your marriage better. The only thing this could do is actually get you better. So before I end, this last thing that I want to share with you is that when I was studying this and really putting, you know, my mind into studying this, I, I'm, I kid you not, y'all. <laughs> I'm definitely not on drugs, but I kid you not. <laughs> I kid you not, 
I began to see things. My sight kicked up a notch. My ability to see kicked up. So literally, I'm, a sh- <laughs> I'm not going crazy, y'all. I saw, and I'm going to show you how the father confirmed that, no, you're not going crazy. <laughs> I literally saw in our master bedroom, in me and my husband's master bedroom, in a corner, I saw a giant crow, a crow, a bird, a crow, in the corner of our room. I'm like, I know I'm not, this is not my imagination. I'm literally looking at this thing. And so, of course, you know how Apostle is. (laughs) I looked over at him. I say, don't think I'm crazy. I said, but I see a crow in the corner of the room. And he's like, he looking at me like, does the prophetic gift ever kicked off? We trying to watch this movie. like I'm sorry but I got to tell you what I see and it was kind of crazy because it kind of frightened me as well because I've never really seen something like that before and so (laughs) so it led me so after that after we finished watching the movie I went into prayer and I asked the father okay why did you show me that there's a reason why you showed me that because you're the one who opened my eyes so I could see it. What was the reason why you showed me that? So he led me to, do I have that up there? Proverbs 30 and 17. Yes, I do. Proverbs 30 and 17. Now this is kind of crazy, y'all, what I'm getting ready to tell you. This is as I'm putting this stuff, this teaching together for y'all. And it says, the eye that mocks a father and despises a mother's instructions will be plucked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures. Okay, and I I know y'all like, okay, what that mean? So, (laughs) two things. A raven is actually a crow. You use the word, you you can use the word interchangeably. Ravens are crows. Vultures are eagles. Okay? So those two things. Ravens, remember this. Ravens are crows. And vultures are eagles. Okay? Now, remember, I always will talk to you naturally, then spiritually. A crow, naturally speaking. Both the raven and the crow The raven, which is the crow, and the vulture, which is the eagle, both of these birds are scavengers, meaning that they, both of them eat dead things, okay? The difference between the two of them is their approach to dead flesh, how they approach dead flesh. Now, the raven or the crow will not approach a dead carcass, Unless it knows that the carcass is dead. So when the raven or the crow approaches a dead carcass, it goes straight for the eyes. Anytime you see a bird, it flies down. It may have some, you know, a dead rodent on the side of the road. And it flies down to the dead carcass. The first thing it will attack is its eyes. The dead carcass's eyes. It lands near the animal to see if there's no movement, but if there's no movement going on, it goes for the eyes. Now, the eagle, 
I'm going to get to the spiritual, the eagle. The eagle then follows behind the raven, okay? Once he sees that the animal is dead, when the eagle shows up, pretty much the raven, the, 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 as far as the order of the chain of command, the eagle is above the crow. So when the eagle shows up and lands down, the raven knows it's time to go because he's outnumbered in the chain of command. As far as, you know, because they have their own king, kingdom to set up. You know, all animals have their own kingdoms. And so when the eagle shows up, it knows, okay, I have to leave because it's, this is the, the eagle's meal. We came to see if it was dead. We got a little bit of it. But now that the eagle's here, we got to go. Now, what does that mean all spiritually? I'm like, okay, so what does that mean spiritually? <laughs> a crow spiritually the father revealed to me that sight has not been activated in people based off of this, the spiritual state that they're in. So are you spiritually dead or are you alive? If dead, then it was explained the reason why the spiritual crow has taken the sight from you. The spiritual crow, spiritually speaking, is there to take the sight from the believer but it takes the sight based off of your spiritual condition if you are spiritually dead the crow is coming for you he's coming to take your sight hmm. and and so like i say even even in all of that when he i was like no i'm still i'm still tripping i'm like no i mean i'm like father that was good information but I think I'm still tripping. <laughs> I really think I'm still tripping. And so I kid you not, you guys, I'm on the way to the gym. I kid you not, on the way to the gym the day after. I'm driving. I see this, this dead rodent in the middle of the street. And so I'm like, I'm looking. Because <laughs> I'm like, I know that means that a crow is somewhere in the midst of this, if this is, if it's dead, and just like what he gave me, literally the crow swoops down right in front of my car, literally, because I had to literally almost like, because some things they be acting like they're not scared of cars too, <laughs> and sometimes you got to like swerve over those things because I'm like, guys, it's right in the middle, like literally right in front of my car. I see literally what he had just explained to me. And it was like a confirmation of him telling me, no, you're not crazy. I literally led you to explain that to you. And it's a spiritual truth. Amen. So this was the purpose of, um, I had other things that I wanted to go over, but I'm not. I'm going to save it for um, the next teaching. And, and basically, you know, what I was going to show you guys is um, how you can actually see in the spirit. I was going to go walk through some steps with you, but I'll save that for the next lesson because uh, there's no need to rush um, through this. We can take our time. But uh, I'm just going to go into prayer I'm going to have the, um, I'm, I'm actually, like I say, I'm doing something new. I'm going to go into prayer. The praise team is going to come up. Um, we're going to kind of pray, pray this out, this lesson out. So, Father, we thank you right now, Father, for 
the ability to see, Father, that you are opening up our eyes to see, Father. We thank you, Father, for the lesson. We thank you, Father, and we ask, Father, that no one, Father, leave here, Lord God, with the word being taken from them, Father. We thank you, Father, that the word has been cultivated in their heart. It's been hidden, Father. It's going to be activated, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that the enemy will not be able to come and steal, Father, what you said is theirs, Father. It is, Father, their right as children, Father, to see in the spirit, Father, to be more effective. Father, hallelujah, in how they used their weapons, Father, against the kingdom of darkness. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.